0: The Fat Boy Show.
1: Good morning. You're listening to The Fat Boy Show here on your number 1 station RX Radio. I am Fat Boy and I hope you're doing great. Well, on this show we typically have whimsical conversations about some of the things happening in the world. But sometimes we like to delve into some of the serious matters that are affecting society. Serious matters that definitely deserve our attention, your attention. And our input in trying to help to find solutions. Today on the Fat Boy Show, I want us to talk about a rather pressing issue that is affecting society. And that is burn victims. Life is dangerous and full of risks. And uh, occasionally, uh, some people may find themselves victims of, uh, uh, of being burnt. Uh, either accidentally or intentionally by people close to them in their lives who have decided to turn them into an enemy. There's people that have been burnt by chemicals, fires, you know, acid, all these kinds of stuff. And uh, often these uh, incidents leave the victims with the horrific uh, injuries with which they must uh, cope. First, of course, there is the issue of the medical attention they need since many of these uh, incidents can be life-threatening. And then when it comes to living life thereafter for many of these victims who now have to live with uh, the scars that came from these incidents, it's not always easy. There's discrimination, stigmatization, ostracization. Life can be complicated for burned victims. But thankfully, there are people who care about such people, people in this very, very difficult circumstance. And one of these uh, organizations that helps these people is Hope Care Rescue Mission. Today on the Fat Boy show, I'm happy to be speaking to the executive director Shirunji Linetti, executive director of the Hope Care Rescue Mission, whose slogan is Never Lose Hope. Uh, good morning Linetti. Thank you for joining us on the Fat Boy show.
2: Thank you so much, Fat Boy. <laughs> yes, I'm so, glad to be here.
1: That's wonderful. Now, um I'm meant to understand that Hope Care Rescue Mission is a non-profit organization that supports acid and burn victims and survivors, victims of chemical abuse, of fire outbreaks and victims of gender-based violence and social violence, you know, the marginalized people who are mainly women and young girls. Can you tell us about uh, what inspired you to create this organization?
2: Thank you. Firstly, Kirong Lenet is an acid attack survivor herself. Okay. I survived the days 10 years back. I remember I was still a young girl, a mm. student at Makerere University. I was in my first year. Of course, like any other girl in her youthful age, I had this boyfriend. And of course, I thought this was going to be a kind of relationship which was going to last for long mm. or lead to marriage. But that was the opposite. This was kind of uh, the relationship was so much of controlling Whereby someone wants to control your life, wants to control everything around you.
0: Mm. And
2: on top of that, it uh, it involved issues, kinds of violence, whereby he didn't want anyone to come closer to me. Whether you're a man or a girl, Mm. you are enemies. So he would find any way, if it means attacking you, or maybe like uh, planning, uh, like uh, having other people around to come between you, the two of you. Mm. This was the kind of relationship. And now it got worse when I joined the university. Wabai, for him, he wanted us to get married. Okay. I was in my first year, he was in his second year, and of course in different universities. He wanted us to get married, and to me, this was not me. This was not according to my plan. I wanted to first pursue my, my education career, and uh, marriage would come later. But of course, he wasn't wait, wait, willing to wait for that.
1: He wanted you to to get married while you were still students.
2: Yes. And uh, for me, that was not according to me. Of course, we have seen many people getting married at the university. But me, I wanted to first po- complete my studies mm. and married. Of course, like, of course, you know, in the university, those are just three years. Mm-hmm. So when I told him, of course, about that, he said, no, we need to get married. So I told him, okay if you feel like you're ready, go and meet my parents because oh. I can't be with a man when my parents are not aware of the kind of relationship i think
1: that's, that's a very reasonable so request. So he
2: said, okay, I'll let's plan. Then, of course, later on, now he came up with a plan that I should go and join his parents and start staying with his parents. So I told him is the same thing, like me being with him or his parents. My parents are not aware about this kind of relationship. Right. So when I, I turned down his marriage proposal, the next day, I remember he, he followed me up to the university and I told him, it was let's like, like telling someone to first wait. If at all is not wait, willing to wait, mm. you quit the relationship. So I told him, I think now it is over. Okay. Let's end it. If at all we are meant to be, that time will come. And uh, the next day, the answer to that was an attack on my way to the university when I was going for my exams.
1: Well, that was very, very terrible, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, now, obviously, that must have come as a surprise to you. Is this something you thought he was capable of doing? Had he had he shown indication that he could do such a thing?
2: To me, of course, like I've always told people that there are these red flags in relationships, which we normally take for granted. Yeah. Someone is controlling your life. I remember when I was in my vacation... I tried to, I got a job and he said, Leonard, I cannot allow you to work in that company. It's a male-dominated company, so I cannot let you work there. Wow. Of course, I told him, all companies we know around Uganda, we have never seen a, a company which is only for women. So then, of course, like me, I'm this person, I, I, I always want to pursue whatever I want to. Right. I want to achieve what I really want to do. So later on, before I joined the university, I remember there was a time when he, when i think he was told like because i was living this life where you have spies all over you then uh he uh, at a time i had my brother during vacation so he could pick me from home but later on these people told him Leonard has gone the rwandan man
0: mm. He's
2: like this and this so these people now what he did he told them to beat up my brother So yes yeah, so when my brother is coming from home these people of course are uh, they were like, oh, why are you dealing with a married woman? Then this, my brother was so, so was surprised to hear that. You he told them, which married woman are you talking about? My Then goodness. it is my sister. Wow. Then that's how my brother survived. So this one, of course, really makes it that uh, if someone is willing to attack any other person around you, mm. it is not a big deal to attack you with acid.
1: So just go back to that horrific incident, the attack. Obviously, you must have been shocked. I'm sure you um, you are confused. You didn't know uh, what was happening. While at the same time, you uh, you must have been suffering excruciating pain. Uh, how? What? What was your reaction to that incident? And what were your next steps? Because this is something that some people are not also sure of of what to do in these circumstances.
2: Of course, uh, like you said, it's uh, in most cases a surprise. This is something you've never thought of. Personally, i had never even met a acid survivor in my life.
0: Mm.
2: But after being burnt, I remember the pain was too much because immediately after the attack, this side became paralyzed. Because I was, it, it was like, the neck was stiff. I could not turn anywhere. else. I was just on the middle of the road, just like a statue. So the pain which of course, like, you know, with acid, immediately when it is poured on you, you just feel as if it is water. I remember I called my friends telling them, oh, they have poured urine on me, come back. So immediately after like five minutes, I was already naked. But I was naked still not thinking that it is acid. Until when I heard someone say that is acid.
1: Wow. uh, Someone, an onlooker.
2: Yes. Someone said that must be acid. But when this person said acid, of course, like, you know, with the chemistry, with the chemistry we had, I, I remembered that water and the acid, they do react. I tried to look for water. Of course, it was too early because I was burnt around 6.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I tried to look for people to help me with that, that first aid of water. But I was, I was like, uh, all these people were just busy going for work until when it was coming to, to eight of course still on the road looking for help then someone was like you people you need to power what on her I remember uh, there is a time where I lost it I said I think
1: this is uh, <laughs> shocking. I'm, I'm, I mean, I feel like there are several tragedies all happening at the same time. First, the attack and then obviously the reaction of, of the public. Uh, I don't know if that can be chalked up to ignorance also. Maybe should the public be sensitized on how to recognize a victim and know how to assist? Because uh, it's, I can't believe that for such a long time you, you, you had no help. Uh, people didn't seem to know what to do with you and you are left struggling.
2: You know, in Kampala, I, I, I will not just say even in Kampala, but I think we have brought up in this situation whereby when you find a person like a stranger on the street and maybe this person ha- is having a, a problem like an accident, many people fear to help because they are, they are scared of being taken as the first suspects by the police.
0: Mm.
2: Sometimes people will see you, they really want to help, but because they know what, what, what it means by you helping this person.
1: Okay, they fear the because train, they'll be yeah. told to go and make right and statements. in my
2: case, of course, acid was flowing all over that crowd. that was flowing. All these people are like, ah, we can't help this person to take her to hospital because everything will get
1: bad. So uh, eventually you are able to receive medical care. Yeah. And uh, when you were told about what had happened and the scale of the injury, um, what were your thoughts?
2: I remember the first thing after one day in hospital, the next day, they were supposed to peel off the black punches. Of course, you know, when you're immediately, when you burnt, the body becomes black wherever it is, but wherever it has poured so this the black part it becomes like i think like you make you see the chocolate it becomes too dry Mm. so they have to peel it off like the way they peel my Mm. so i remember they took me to a room and they were like we are going to peel off that skin that now burnt skin Mm. to peel it off i told the doctors are you going to take me to theater or you're going to peel like peel it off when i'm looking at you said we do it when you
1: you are oh my gosh
2: I remember what came into my mind. I looked at there was a window next. Mm. I moved out, looked at the window, and it, this window had no these bunglers. I said, I think it's better for me to not take this pain. But uh, I don't know what happened, because immediately when I, I was planning to fall down, just to either attempt to murder this kind of suicide, this doctor realized it and told my parents, you need to be careful. This woman is after something.
1: What about the reaction of your family members? Is it true that often victims of acid attacks are blamed for what has happened to them? For They might be blamed for bringing this upon themselves. Perhaps someone will suggest that their behavior might have led to this or the, the way they treated people. Do, do acid victims sometimes find themselves being criticized by even family members for what has happened to them?
2: Yes. Personally, I was not criticized. But have seen it in my journey where I've been working with these people. I've seen it. I've also seen some of these survivors who have been left in hospital by their
1: relatives. You know, cause there is, um, I don't, I don't know if I should call it a joke, but there is a tendency. For example, if uh, if 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 uh, like me, who's an older man, uh, if if I try to approach a, a younger lady, uh, she will tell me, "But are you married?" Please, i hope you're not married i fear acid uh so the trope seems to be that uh it is typically uh, people who put themselves into relationships maybe with married men or things like that so that it is when they do that that they invite these sorts of risks
2: what we have always seen according to the society for them, when they hear someone uh, like you, you're an acid survivor. What comes into their mind immediately? That mm. either you snatched someone's husband or someone's Yes, that's wife. what I mean. That yes, is that's the, that is that's the, what the, the conception. Society, yes, that is the conception that the sweat has. But according to our own records or our own observations, most of these cases are perpetrated by the people known to you, either your husband or your sister. And these cases, what is the co-wife and uh, a co-wife? Like, husband, like someone fighting for their husband or something like that. Mm. These are rare cases. But most oh. of these cases are perpetrated whereby you find it is a woman, if for example the biggest percentage, the perpetrators are men. Okay. Whereby if a woman decides to quit a relationship mm. the answer is acid. If a woman, if you refuse someone and uh, you turn down his either marriage proposal or any, any kind of advice from a man mm. that is asset.
1: So, um, and I think that that needs to be communicated. I think people need to understand that, uh, you know, men have some responsibility in managing their emotions and sort of trying to respect uh, the decision of someone in your life. If they choose to move on and to not be with you, it does not mean that, well, that is the route you should take. Now, let me ask you, um, are the perpetrators usually, do they face justice Do they get, does the police do the the job or do they normally get bribed and uh, they release these people?
2: I think one of the problems which has really made this problem to keep on happening, it's the police. The police has really failed many of these victims. Mm. Most of these victims, in most cases, they normally report these cases immediately after the attack. Mm. But what normally happens, you report the case, you are the eyewitness and the case is running for you in maybe in uh, your intensive care. Right. I remember for my case, it was running, but by that time, I could not even see. Because So the case
1: ended up just dying out yes, because...
2: Yes, and the suspect was released within a week. So the same cases, we have also had cases where someone reports these threats before, before the attack. The person, the, maybe the husband... Try to intimidate the person that I will do this. I will pour
1: Ah, yes, yes, yes. Then the
2: person goes to the police and reports say this is this, but the police does nothing. And after now, the case, the police will now come in, but still, no justice is given to these victims.
1: So I'm seeing that there are very many loopholes in the system that make it difficult for victims of uh, acid attacks to seek uh, medical help. Uh, and to seek uh, you know legal to seek justice in the event that you know someone has uh, assaulted them in this way and I believe it is a serious criminal offense too
2: it is reason being that of course you realize that asset
1: is attempted murder
2: it's attempted murder but if you go to the law for example if at all we had a specific law where we have uh, we have criminal remedies and criminal procedures whereby if someone like a perpetrator if you prove the guilty, these years are stated that either you have to spend a hundred years or 90 years or it is a life sentence. Mm. It would be clear. But these people, because they know that if I pour acid on you, the next day I'll be out of prison. At times even they are not taken to prison. I remember for my case, the police officers came and they were like, it, even if we go to court, he's going to be seen as a, an assault. And you know, assault these are just like three years. And later on, they now they came up with an excuse saying, can you people have a meeting and you sit and ask for compensation from the perpetrator? But remember, they wanted me to ask for compensation and the person is not yet taken to court. What does that one mean?
1: So you have no teeth. Uh, Essentially, you, you have no power in the negotiation. Yes. Because it's really now up to them to decide whether or not they're going to compensate you. And should they refuse, you don't really have the legal recourse
2: yes that's the problem most of these people at times even the time some of these cases take years
1: that's true you
2: follow up the case you lose whatever you have of course you know with cases in courts where you have to sell everything for it to, be, to keep on paying the lawyers and until you get tired
1: so now you uh, i guess all of this must have inspired you to <laughs> to create this uh, hope care rescue mission Um, So just lead us through the steps to how you got to creating this uh, uh, organization. Because now we know your background. We know what you have been through. We know that what you have seen others in your same situation go through. So uh, how is it that you woke up one day and said, let me start this uh, organization. And what is it that you are setting out to do with it?
2: Okay, my dream came from, uh, I remember when I was in hospital. 2012 had the highest cases of asthma. Wherever you could be, you just look at this. All these are acid survivors. I remember when I was in hospital, I was the only person who survived with the sight. Most of the people were blind, completely blind, and others partially blind. But whenever I would look at these people, remember I was in hospital for one year. And that one year meant a lot to me. I shared a lot. It was like the hospital, they came more of a home and were more of a family So sharing with these other people, I realized many of these women, they were not willing to say this to the public. Mm -hmm. The public kept on judging them without even knowing what was the, the reason why they were attacked. So to me, I said, I think it was high time for me to come up and become a voice to the voiceless. They needed a voice, someone who can air their views out and come up with a solution. Then by giving them, by having that voice, firstly for us, we believe in hope. When you have hope, everything is possible. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give them hope. They have really suffered. Well, it is like they have been in hell. Mm -hmm. So they need someone to give them that so that where they can lean on. Mm -hmm. So as Hope Rescue Commission, that's why our slogan says never lose hope. Because we believe once you have hope, everything is possible. And uh, where we say hope, we, that is ma- our major key focus, where we keep on focusing on hope, whereby we try to move with you in that journey from the start. We have to come in once, because we work with the band units, that is Mulago Mlago Unit. Mm-hmm. We come in from the start whereby the person has just been brought in hospital. We give you the psychosocial support that you need. After giving the psychosocial support, of course, all these survivors have various needs. At times, we give them the medical the medical support in terms of trying to get, get for them, maybe lobby for them some of these surgeries. Of course, the minor surgeries, not the major surgeries. Mm-hmm. Then at times, there are those who are in need of nutritional support.
0: Mm-hmm. Because,
2: you know, when you're burnt, the entire body is lacking those, like, those nutrients. So they normally tell you you need protein, foods. So we try to give them the nutritional support. Mm-hmm. And when they leave the hospital still, we move with them because we have the palliative care program, which is, which is a wide program. But when they leave the hospital, we don't stop there. In most cases, we take them back to their homes when they are going away. After being discharged, we move with them because we want to see the reaction of the community members. What? How are they going to react to the, towards this person? And we want these people to accept that this happened and the person is the same person because I was banned. But being banned doesn't mean my names are going to change or my identity has to change. It's mm. the same person. So when we integrate this person back to the community, now we start to assess the person to see how is she coping up, how is she like coping up with the the, the, the community, is she able to do something. So as an organization, of course, we have these various programs because some of these people once you're banned. Life changes completely.
0: I can Remember imagine.
2: You Remember, were, you were this person who used to move uh, on your own. You're working, but you've been burnt. You're blind. You can't see. Which means you need the help of someone. Either kid. And at times, it, 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 it affects the children. The entire family is affected. Yeah, can the, ch- the child has to hold you wherever you're going. Your parents, they are now the ones to take care of you.
1: I, I can also imagine, uh, you know, how... A frightened a child might be, you know, to see his mother or her mother return from hospital, looking in a, in, in, in a in a state which might frighten the child, because if, if the injuries are severe, maybe some children will struggle to process it, uh, and,
2: and that is really the worst part, whereby your own child fails to to recognize. You. You feel like it's the end of everything because you can take it when you hear from uh, someone, a stranger. Mm. But your own child is saying, this is not my mom. This is not my dad. It is something wow. really that w- which which, which, puts you, which puts you down. But of course now for us, what we normally do is, uh, of course, we know all these things. We expect them because we have seen them. So we normally talk to these people. That's why, for us as Hope Care Rescue Mission, we call it a home, where a family, where hope starts from.
1: Okay, now let's talk about uh, the the legal changes you want to see. The changes you want to see in the law. Are you doing any lobbying in that uh, regard, and uh, how are you pursuing this?
2: Yes, currently we are, we are running a petition. We are asking the government of Uganda. What we really need is an actual law on acid on acid attacks. Mm-hmm. Firstly, as acid survivors, for us, we are saying we are tired. Mm-hmm. We want this to end with that. We don't want to see other people becoming victims of the same. Mm-hmm. So, as an organization, we really want a law which will only come up with these criminal remedies and criminal procedures for these perpetrators abroad to board. Many of the survivors have not got justice. Mm-hmm. Just because when you report a case, they will tell you we use the penal code. We don't have a specific law on attacks. tax. Yes. I remember currently the president came out when we had the bombings in the city, six people died, but the president came in to give an address on that. We have lost over 200 victims of asset attacks, and we have never heard the president giving an address on acid attacks. What does that one mean? So as asset survivors, we need a law. First of all, we need a law which will regulate the easy availability of assets Whereby the sellers, the users, the producers, importers, importers, and all people dealing in acid, for you to operate in that kind of business, you must be having a license. Mm-hmm. And if at all I come to you asking for acid, still you should ask for my documents
0: mm-hmm.
2: that, uh, that are saying that maybe Lynette is working here, she has this shop that deals in this. Yes. Whereby if I come and buy acid from you, it will be easy. For people, for a government to track this—that oh, there has been an acid case in Bulu. Who who purchased acid around here and during this time? So it becomes easier for these cases to be tracked.
1: Okay, and what uh, has been the response? Is there anyone on the side of the government or the legislature who are taking an interest in your plight? So far,
2: we have been gathering the signatures, and we we, are—we so far have—we are about to make a thousand signatures. And uh, we hope to meet these people. We, first of all, we need to meet the Uganda Women and Parameter Association because these are women. Most of these cases are affecting women and young girls.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: these women who are supposed to to speak for their fellow women are quiet. And they say these things. They keep on happening.
1: Well, uh, also, just to clarify, uh, are men also victims of acid Yes, sedata? they are.
2: Yes, they are. But of course, the cases differ. For most of the women, it is a gender-based issue. Why we say, that's why you see, we also, have, we, 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 as Hope Care Rescue Mission, we have gender-based violence victims. Mm-hmm. Why most women are targeted? First of all, women, we are weaker sex, but I will not say I'm, I'm weak. I'm not. We are seen as the weaker sex.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, in most cases, this, most of these crimes are crimes of passion, whereby a man says, if I'm to lose you, even the other one should lose you mm-hmm. so what they want to do is to put you in a situation whereby you lose that kind of position of being like a real woman and you, you become you you lose them you lose the meaning of being a woman and that's why you see most of these uh, these attacks they, the perpetrators they target the first because they know a woman's valuable trait on a woman it's only the first whereby they see every woman's beauty is what matters so they will target the first. We have other cases for men, but most of the cases for men have been business-related, politically motivated, and also we have also men who have been banned by their fellow wives.
1: Okay, there are those instances.
2: Yes, there are those instances.
1: Okay, uh Wow, this is very crazy, but I really appreciate the, the the work that you are doing now. For people who want to get more information about uh, you know your organization about Hope Care Rescue Mission, is there somewhere they can go? Do, do you have a website? Do you have what are your contacts? If someone wishes to help, uh, what can they do?
2: We have a website. It's www.hocram.org. Currently, we will be we are, run, we are we are planning a dialogue which will, where we will be working with UN Women. We commemorated the 16 days of activism, putting our focus on, on acid attacks as a form of gender-based violence.
1: Okay. What would be your final message to uh, either men or to women or society at large? What would be your appeal to the public?
2: The first message to the public, let's learn to help those who have really become victims. Sometimes these people are charged differently. The, the way they charge you, you know, like hope starts within me. But if at all the people around me, they keep on maybe criticizing me or they don't see the, 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 the positive side of me, it, it will always demoralize this person from coming out. Let's support the survivors and the community outside there. Let's say no to acid violence let's seek other as the conflict resolution means rather than using acid acid should not be used as a, as a weapon of war we have other means that we can use we can talk we don't need i think we should say no to violence violence yeah. means nothing we need we are a society where we all need each other and to my fellow survivors we have always said never lose hope there is always light at the end of the tunnel
1: Well, that's a beautiful message. Thank you so much, uh, Chirunji Linetti, Executive Director at Hope Care Rescue Mission. She's an acid attack survivor herself. And as their motto goes, never lose hope. She has not lost hope. And uh, you seem to be um, enjoying what you are doing in helping others. Uh, And I think, uh, and and you would agree in saying that even after something like this, there is still life to live. uh, And so one should not give up. I want to thank you so much for speaking to us today on the Fatboy Show, Lynette. Uh, all the best to you and to Hope Care Rescue Mission. And we hope to have you back soon so that we can talk about uh, any other activities you might be doing.
2: Thank you, Fatboy. Thank you, too. As
1: real as it gets. Yo, what's up? What's the deal? Hip-hop. 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 beat Let it do what it do. All day. All day. RX
0: Radio. Radio.